as some of you will know, we're, we're in the midst of stationing time, which means that um, ministers are going looking at new appointments and the phone call came in the last week with the idea that you either go sometime between yesterday and next Saturday. And um, so I, I put in place, Stephen Dawes was my stand-in, which I, I feel quite privileged that Stephen Dawes was my stand-in, in case I wasn't here this morning, knowing that I might be away for one of you Sundays because of the distance we might have to travel, if you see what I mean. But we're going next weekend, so Stephen, in a sense, is on standby, stand down for today. He's very kindly being me next week, so he's done it twice, which is a, a great privilege in a way. Um, and thinking about it, I'm really glad in a way that I didn't go away this weekend because I think this is one of the most important days in the year. And because the anniversary of the armistice is on a Sunday this year, it gives it an added poignancy and significance as we come together to remember. And as we reflect in a few moments' time, I will be sharing some of the story of one of my church members who we encountered when we first moved to our first appointment in Nottingham in 1993. Joe, when we arrived, was well struck in years. His eyesight had gone, so he walked with a little a white, one of these ones people wave about rather than a stick because he could, he could walk without that. He'd had an ear removed by cancer, so he had cotton wool stuffed in one ear. He looked your archetypal little old man. But on the 1st of July, 1916, he was there on the first day of the Battle of the Somme. And every year at this time, my mind goes back to him. Because if we can personalise this, either through a family member or through someone who we knew who was there in the midst of these scenes of carnage in whatever conflict, I think it adds a weight and significance to what we are about this day as we come to remember. This is not a day to glory in our nation, it's not a day to glory in conflict. It is a day above all else to remember the human cost that still reverberates to today. As people look back to the conflicts that have been through this century and going back and remember that the pain is still raw and real. The sensor's loss of pain is still significant. Joe died at the age of 101 and a half and he still had nightmares because of what he'd experienced in 1916. And that reminds us that whoever wins a war, there is never really a victor because there is always an immense human cost that we are invited to remember. So as the 11th hour arrives, I invite you to stand. And we'll hear these words of Lawrence Binion's. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn at the going down of the sun and in the morning. We will remember them. We will remember them.
Father God, as many will we stand on this day to remember. In thankfulness for those who gave themselves to preserve our freedoms. Those who have given themselves to support the oppressed. And as we remember, help us be mindful of so many sacrifices made that we might seek to live in ways that promote peace and understanding, that encourage reconciliation and justice, that embody your way of love. For we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. If you'll please be seated. So this little seemingly frail old man, about that tall, maybe a bit bigger, but not particularly tall, not in any sense looking like a hero, someone who'd survived one of the greatest tragedies of, of human history. And Joe, well struck in years, was inspirational because he was always prepared to be an advocate for peace and love. He would tell you very little about his experiences because he said it was too horrible, too awful to allow words for. 80 years later, he still couldn't find the words to express what he had gone through. It was an unimaginable horror. But he would tell you that it was on that first day of July in 1916 that he really understood the message of Jesus for the first time. In the midst of that blood-splattered field, he discovered the Christ who loved him and gave himself for him because he recognised the importance of love. That passage that we read from John's Gospel would have brought a smile to Joe's face because he knew that love was the solution to many of humanity's problems. So we're, we're going to go on a journey in, in part inspired by Joe as we reflect upon what today is about, what it says to us as people of faith and how it encourages us to go and live out there in the world. So first some thoughts about remembrance. There have been discussions in the papers and in other places about whether today should in a sense allow us to, to draw a line. Whether we should set aside this act of remembrance that we've been doing for a hundred years and leave it aside and move on to some new avenue. Some of the papers have been suggesting this. Others have been reflecting upon its significance and its need to continue. I come with Joe turning up Remembrance Sunday with his small row of medals, with his regimental beret on his hat and his head, and you would see the tears that came for those who had fallen. That first day of the Battle of the Somme, in total, they think about 47,000 men died. British, French, Commonwealth, German, whoever, 47,000. And as Joe remembered that 
scene of slaughter, he would then always pose questions afterwards about whether the world had moved on. The Second World War came. There have been continuing conflicts where nations have fallen to dispute with nations. Conflicts that are replicated all around the world as people fall out. We don't seem to have learnt the lesson of the pain and anguish that conflict brings. And with the seeming growing tide of nationalism personified on the one hand by Vladimir Putin and on the other by Donald Trump, we seem to be in danger of moving back into those days where countries saw themselves as being better than the rest and that ultimately bringing those points of conflict and tension rather than the experience we've had since 1945 of nations working together, trying to promote a, a new identity for international cooperation, trying to model in a way the way in which they hope people will seek to live together. These poppies that we were are of course potent symbols and I would argue that this day should never be forgotten. We should continue to remind ourselves until such time as wars have ceased, until such time as there's no one still bearing the, the pain of what conflict has brought into their individual experience. It's important that we remember and that remembrance encourages action. I understand in Germany, every teenager goes to visit a concentration camp, which I think is an admirable thing. If I had the money, I would want to ensure that every child from our country is made to go to the battlefields of the First World War, as all recruits into the armed services have to do, to go and see the sheer scale of what happened there. To go to places like the Tietveld Monument on the Somme or the Menin Gate and Timecott in, in, uh, in Belgium and to see the huge long lists of names and in a sense to know that any of us could look up our surname and find people who shared that identity, who paid the price in the battles of the First World War and to remember that that pain still continues. That there are still memories of those who did not come back that are prevalent in our society. And that we need to stand here and recognise the importance of our seeking to ensure that families do not have to go through that agony that horror that we need to be a people intent on trying to create a different and better world. I used to go on battlefield trips with the youngsters when I was chaplain at Woodhouse Grove School and it was always an interesting experience because we would culminate with going to the Menin Gate in Ypres where as you probably know every night at 8 o'clock there is a, a silence preceded by the uh, bugle call playing of the last post um, and it is a remarkable moment. That little town comes to a standstill. And it was always good in sense to watch our little band of people who'd come with us and see some of the hardened school criminals that we took with us having their lives touched 
because of what they had experienced and reminding them that when we remember, we seek to learn lessons from the past. We seek to to build on the positive legacy that we have been given. And when we are doing that, we are doing something that is holy. When we are arguing for conflict, when we are seeking to bring dissension, then we're doing something far from what we should be about. So today is about remembrance. It's also, in a way, about peace. Just before we arrived in Nottingham, Joe had moved out of his own home because it was getting dangerous. His eyesight had gone and he couldn't tell whether the gas was on or not, so they, he moved into the local Methodist home. And he was a very wise man because you, you would go and see him and he would say to you something along the lines of, this is not like home, but it's the next best alternative. He was so, in a sense, at peace with the world that he inhabited, that he was prepared to cope with things not being how he'd want them to be, the ravages of age obviously playing their part as well, but he recognised how fortunate and how blessed he was to still be amongst us, to still be sharing something of this journey of life and giving him the chance to be an advocate. Joe despised war and conflict. He knew that however just they were, they were in a sense an evil thing because of the pain that was created. He longed for fighting to stop. Which brings that glorious image from Micah. I think it's a really powerful passage in part because it's repeated in Isaiah chapter two, but because the image that it creates, it is a stunningly beautiful image of nations streaming towards Mount Zion, of nations focused upon being the people that God wants them to be. And of how the disputes between the nations are not fought on battlefields, but are resolved in the wisdom of the divine. And then this glorious, stunning picture of all these weapons of war being turned into implements of agriculture. And then that beautiful scene of everyone being able to sit in their own land, surrounded by their own bushes, trees, whatever else, and to know that that was their lot. That there was no danger of an army coming rampaging round. And it goes on as this image enhanced by the thought of the, the lame being restored. The exiles being invited to come home. Those who had suffered injustices, who had suffered horrors, being healed and restored. It's one of the most powerful images in the whole of the New Testament. And it speaks with a relevance today as a relevance it has always had because of the ability of our human race to resort to conflict rather than trying to find better ways of resolving our difficulties. This city of hope offers us a powerful image of possibility. Says to us, things can be different. 
our Ben got into trouble recently. He'd, he'd gone to band practice. He plays in a couple of bands. And he'd gone to, to one of the bands and he had a white poppy in the lapel of his jacket that he was wearing and the grumbling started amongst his other band members how this was being disrespectful and everything else um, as to what happened. And Ben, of course, advocated the view that what he was doing was he was promoting peace. He was recognising the... the um, the legacy of those who've given themselves, but that peace was the important message of this time. And in a way, he's right. Because if this day doesn't encourage us to be advocates for peace, then what else will? Peace has an immense beauty. When we know that our sons and daughters won't have to go to conflict, it is a beautiful thing. When we know that people are reconciled and relationships renewed, it is a beautiful thing. When we find people like Joe who was content with his circumstances, who had found that inner peace, founded on his faith, it is a beautiful thing. In our rhythms of life, the invitation here is to pursue these avenues of possibility, to encourage ourselves in all the relationships in which we are engaged, to seek this essential quality in the hope that together we can provide the world with a great example of what it is to live in harmony, what it is to be united, what it is to long that there is no more conflict. So remembrance encourages us to think of peace and then finally it encourages us to think of love. Take your mind back to those words that Alan read of Jesus. Where he talks about how love is the key. They are in a way representative of various passages throughout scripture, but particularly in the words of Jesus where he talks about how love is all important. Where in effect he says to us that when we learn to love, when we begin to love and to not count the cost of that, then we are in the right place. When we accept that we're not all going to be the same, that there will be differences, there will be points about which we disagree, but that we hold one another in love, then we have got to a real understanding of what it is to be the people of the gospel. When Jesus talks about remaining in love, he is saying to his followers, this is the priority. This is about how we deal with each other. This is about how we deal with the people out there. This is about what should be at the forefront of our mind when people are driving us crackers because of their stupidity and folly. We still need to love them because love is a far more powerful weapon than anything that humanity has created. Because love is about transforming for good. Love 
is about giving value. Love is about not being judgmental. Love is about encouraging and enabling life rather than taking something from life. Love is the means by which conflicts are overcome. Love is essential to our promoting of peace. So for we who are the church, as we remember, today is a really important reminder to us to think about the relationships in which we are engaged and how we respond to the phalanx of people we have with whom we have connections and where we are preventing love from blossoming. And then in a way, to look at our nation at this state in which we currently are and to ask what is inhibiting our, our nation expressing love and concern for the people within it and the people who live beyond. And to hope that we as a people and our country continues to be one that promotes the idea of listening, of conversation, of building a new and more hopeful future. Today is about something more than our country. It's about our humanity. I remember when I was in Clitheroe, debates amongst the town clergy and with the town council about whether we should sing the national anthem on Remembrance Sunday. And those were saying, yes, it was really important to, and those were saying, no, hold on, we shouldn't be doing that because this isn't about the UK, this is about the world. And any trace of the nation perhaps questions whether we're fully committed to what remembrance is all about. How do we personify this remembrance, this peace, this love? How do we invite the world to see that there is a different way to conflict? That there is a a legacy of hope that's embodied in this little old man from Nottingham who went to war because he believed it was the right thing to do. He wanted to protect his family. Who went to war and suffered something horrendous yet came out of it with a determination not to blame others but to build a better world where his faith was the incentive. One of the great things about Joe is that when you went and you had to lean right into his good ear to talk to him because he, he was deaf, he would always take your hand. And when you'd finish your conversation, he'd always say, thank you for talking to me. And it was a stunning thing because here was this great man but yet so humble and yet so willing to do the things that spoke of love, to promote peace and to with purpose and with tears to remember. It is the likes of Joe Hughes 
who show us what remembrance is all about. And we need to pray that we have the wisdom to follow the example of Joe and so many others in remembering, in hoping that peace will come and seeking to build and encourage love. Amen.